Blog Talk Radio. You're at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet this is tj mars ct radio and we're happy to come back today after the covid 19 2020 hindsight 2020 year and um, i'm very happy to report that uh, those of us in the uap associates and the aco association and the ufo association and CUFOs and MUFON and SPJ.org and all those different groups out there we got going. We're doing our best um, to get our military directory up. And to help us tonight is Richard T. Knight of Valdosta, Georgia, who is going to be my co-host tonight. And our special guest, as always, Jan Aldrich, the famous ufologist, historian, and we list him with our UAP Associates, uh, because he has a project 1947, but most of all because he's been so gracious to step into our ACO Association, Alien Contact Organization, for Dr. Bruce McAbee, Ph.D., uh, and Stanton T. Friedman's now gone. we still got George Filer looming around out there with Filer's Files, and uh, Irina Scott's still out there, but... Uh, we're going to get all our prior military uh, built up here and uh, with Jan Aldrich, and he's going to update us all on what we're doing in New Mexico and how we're moving things from Chicago for CUFOs. But we got all kind of information here, but let me get Richard and Jan on. Okay, here we go, folks. Okay, hi, uh, Richard T. Knight. Uh, did you yes. join me from... Valdosta, Georgia. Would you like to tell everybody hello? This is your first show with our UAP associates. So uh, tell us a little bit about your military background real quickly. Well, I spent a brief period of time with the California Army National Guard uh, military police. And then later in life, uh, basically the prime of my life, really, I I joined the uh, Army Reserve and went into the JAG Corps and was dealing with lawyers and the prosecutorial and the articles and all that kind of thing. Served as company clerk to my commander, and um, it was a good experience. All um, right. And uh, since then, you become a, an author and an entrepreneur. Let me get – and you're helping me with radio, and you're a pastor for the Ascension Center organization, and also we have in Florida Ascension Church Ohana. And we're doing that with Ralph Kennedy Johnston Sr., which I did not tell him about today, but I'm sure we'll get him on in the future. Let me get Jan Aldrich on here. And Jan Aldrich, hi. Uh, can you hear me okay up there? And where is it? Connecticut? Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, I, uh, everything's fine. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad we've got it all squared away now. All right. Uh, Jan, tell us about your military career, and Richard and I are going to listen because we have a whole lot of new people, but you're one of the old guys from the old days, and way back when, NICAP in in Washington, D.C., and Dr. Bruce McAbee. But let's first of all get your 
quick military background, and then we'll go after that. What's your military background? Well, I served for 25 years, uh, meteorology, uh, and then uh, security and intelligence, and uh, safety. And the last assignment was in the uh, southern uh, European task force in Vincenza, Italy, and I was the they were there were no safety uh, professionals at the time, so they said, "Here's the books. Learn about safety. Start inspecting. Start working." So that's and that's that's part of my military career. It's always here's the books. You figure out what your job is. So, uh, um, so I served on the general staff uh, as a, uh, as a safety advisor. Um, after that, I uh, after I left the army, I uh, worked for the post office for twenty uh, twenty five years. So uh, I've been stealing from the government for uh, fifty years. Um, all right. Well. And, uh, We're going to get into how you got into all this UFO stuff and start from the beginning once more. Let me just real quick tell you, I started 1967, going into the government May 10th, 1967, and uh, my husband worked at NASA, and I was in and out of NASA in the typing pool, and then I worked for Nassau Bay National Bank across the street. Got to meet a lot of the astronauts, and then helped uh, wherever I can when they had me come in, library or IBM stuff. And uh, then after that, I was an investigator, went into law enforcement, criminal justice, but then I became military uh, joint. But first of all, I was a Navy corpsman, um, and then after corpsman, they made me security manager, and then I went OPM, Office of Personnel Management, in 1987, and I was GS, and I think uh, if you don't understand uh, OPS, GS, wage grade, OPM, uh, basically, uh, they told me I work for OPM in the Department of State. And now, after 2017, I am out, and I'm volunteering for GM to help on a project. Now, he had one project called 1947. But we're going to tell you about a project he and I have started on radio with uh, Barry Greenwood. And UAP Associates, which it used to – well, we still are UFO Association – which we started with Stan T. Friedman, George Filer, and uh, a lot of the social media MUFON people, but we're not MUFON and we're not KUFOS, but we're sort of both. And uh, Jan's going to explain that because he has a lot of friends globally, internationally, and so do I in social media. And so what we're going to do is set up an Allied Command Internet relation or Internet radio, I don't care however you want to use it, Allied Command Intergalactic, relations for all the joint Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines in our country, plus around the world, in hope that we can be united in diversity and uh, list all our prior military, because we're working with people in other countries now doing radio shows. So that's the up and top and bottom. Uh, Basically, we're creating a directory here, but Jan has been helping on a huge project that I told him we'd try to help him get some old guys, 60 to 85 to 105, if they could still move around. And he's moving his project from uh, Chicago to Connecticut to New Mexico, but Barry Greenwood's also involved. So, Jan, 
back to you. But let's give people an idea of how you even got involved in the UFOs in the beginning, because uh, I don't have your whole story, uh, and I had to. I'm going to have to redo all our stories for the UFO Association. But we're going to start with our military directory, and then we'll we'll flip it over to those that are interested in UFOs. So. I'm not sure how we're going to do all this, but you know as much as I do about libraries, databases, tabs. So uh, you've got a humongous task getting us all organized. So you're working – we're starting with hardcore investigations, and you said we need a lot of historians and investigators and librarians. So start from the beginning because uh, Richard Knight is here, and he has no clue what we're doing other than he's involved in a – Church on Sunday and a directory, military, and a metaphysics on Wednesday. <laughs> he doesn't know about what you and I do. So give him and everybody an idea, Jan. Well, I, uh, I started out during 55-56 uh, 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 Christmas vacation. Uh, we had a snowstorm. So I had to go out and uh, shovel the walk here in Connecticut. We get, you know, we get a lot of snow. So I came back in. Um, the snowstorm was rather unusual because we, it was thunder snow. We got we got lightning strikes during this snowstorm. Um, so I was uh, we had a a stove and there's clock radio on it and I uh, made some cinnamon toast in the oven and the house got hit by the chimney which is near the snow in the wall and there was a big jump a big spark that jumped across the stove and I said oh maybe the snow stove is broken so I should look inside so I looked inside and inside a little ball of light about as big as a quarter uh, sitting over the uh, grate and as I'm uh, watching this it uh, starts rolling out of the out of the oven uh, it's not touching the grate but it's just above it it rolls over and then it gets to the end of the grate and comes a little bit further and then drops down and explodes and uh as i was watching it i just i fell over backwards because that was uh that was such a surprise so my when my father came home i asked him what it was and he said that's what the library's for down there and found out that it was ball lightning found out from the uh encyclopedia britannica that most scientists didn't believe it existed and so in researching ball lightning, I came across UFOs, and I started researching UFOs. So uh, for for over 60 years now, I've been looking at UFOs. And at first it was just a lot of reading, and then later on I started actually investigating. And one of the things I found I like to do is to look for UFO accounts in old newspapers. So uh, I got involved in that. Uh, Ted Blocher was doing a uh, 
a, a look at 1947 when the whole UFO business started. And so I, uh, I, tr- I, I tried to help him out as much as I could. Of course, I was kind of inexperienced, but I did. So uh, he, he uh, published a report on uh, the 1947 UFO wave which had about 105 cases uh, from 168 newspapers. Um, and it was published, and I can't publish it. And, uh, but Blocher wasn't finished. He still continued looking at more and more newspapers, and I helped him as much as I could. Um, and <clears throat> he... he got into over 1,100 cases continuing his research. Of course, uh, I went into the Army, like I said, so um, moving around at ver- to various places, I, uh, I uh, befriended people that were interested in UFOs also, and some of the people were in the army and the military. Um, uh, when I got when I retired, I told Don Berliner. I said, you know, I think I ought to do a project on 1947. He said, Oh, Blocher's already done all that. You're just you're wasting your time. He's 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 done it all. So so. I I had to prove that Berliner was wrong. So I went out to. Uh, the West Coast, uh, I went to Idaho, Washington, and uh, Oregon, and found more and more cases, and I presented that to, to uh, Don, and he said, okay, you convinced me that, you know, the, the 1947 wave is not completely documented. So then uh, uh, at the time, Bigelow was giving money to the UFO Research Coalition, so I applied for a grant. I got one. I was able to travel around to uh, 48 states and Canadian provinces and Washington, D.C., and went through newspapers and other documents and visited UFO organizations um, collecting 1947 material and decided that this would be uh, my platform for investigating UFOs. So it, it continues to uh, to this day. Started in 1995 and continues to this day. And we, I continue to put stuff up on my website, uh, www.project1947.com. So, and I visited a number of archives, uh, U.S. Navy War College, uh, Air Force uh, Historical Research Agency, uh, the uh, Army uh, Historical Institute at uh, Carlisle Barracks, and and other uh official and unofficial archives around the country and UFO organizations. So um, I continue to to do this. Uh, Currently what I'm doing is a little grunt work, but it needs to be done. 
I am uh, Barry Greenwood, and I are uh, scanning the uh, Kufos files and our own files too, and a number of other people's files that we have uh, uh, gone ahead and preserved now that they've passed away, like the Dr. Willie Smith in Florida, um, Andy Roberts in England, uh, and several uh, people in Connecticut here. Um, so we've uh, we continued to do this for, let's see, we've been working on this now for about four years. Greenwood has done most of the scanning so far. He's done uh, from pre-47 up to 1965. I've handled from August of 67 up to 1970, which shows that how little... I've contributed so far. Um, the Kufos files are no longer in Chicago. They've been moved to uh, uh, New Mexico. Uh, we, we will probably be doing a project with the uni uh, University of New Mexico. Um, and we continue to scan as much as we can. Uh, by scanning... Uh, like I say, I have a number of other people's collections, so you, you may, I may scan through Kufos's stuff, then some of Willie Smith's stuff, and you know, we scan, we uh, scan by, we title these things by date and then location, and then type of uh, case, and so. Things on the same day, uh, the computer keeps that in order. So since the date is the first thing that goes in, uh, the computer may find two or three different files from different people that come up on the same date and the same place. And so uh, we're constantly finding uh, new details and new uh uh, information on on older cases, uh, and it, it, by scanning it, we wouldn't have maybe seen these um, relationships together. So <clears throat> that's basically what we're doing. Uh, hopefully, about May we'll be uh, back down at the, with the Kufos files in New Mexico and scanning those again hopefully we will be able to get them all scanned uh, in the next uh, uh, the next trip we'd make down there okay and you know people all over the world and I've just set up ACO International and I don't know what I've gotten into because I could barely do domestic meaning North America Canada Mexico so, regarding UFO files and UFO stories and collecting stories of UFO sightings, there's more people uh, doing that than anything. Uh, but I'm going to let Richard ask you some questions right now and uh, see if he can spur you on. Uh, 
Richard, go ahead. I've got to take another call. Jan, um, yes. in reference to your personal experiences, have you actually, you know, had encounters with uh, UFOs and so forth? And if so, when and to what detail and all that kind of thing? Uh, nothing that's uh, significant. I uh, I was on a plane going to the MUFON conference in uh, um, in Texas, uh, and we were. You were about, uh, well, the pilot said, we're 50 miles out and descending to our landing. And I looked down, you know, there's a superhighway below us. And here traveling above the superhighway is a thing that looks like the, uh, like one of the Mercury asteroids. Say again. Jan, can you hear me? Hello? Uh oh, is it? Are you back on? I don't. Matt? I don't know. I've just been talking. Uh, Richard can't hear me. Okay. Uh, I must have. Uh, I was. I had another call from New Jersey. That, uh, was on. Okay. Well, we should be on line. Richard, are you there? Richard must have hung up. All right. Well, uh, I guess Richard hung up. And I don't know what happened to the switchboard, but we're we, it says we're we're recording. So, <laughs> do you remember yeah, yeah, where he you was, were? He, he was he 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 couldn't hear me. So I I said, well, I'll just keep on talking. Then I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, let's, I've got you, but now I don't have Richard. So, right. Uh, apologize for that. Sometimes we have, uh, but I made sure that I got off the call and it said hold, and I, you know I went to another phone. Okay, let's try. Well, I don't know if he's talking to somebody in New Jersey now. <laughs> this has been a funny thing, folks. Uh, and since COVID-19, we've had our ups and downs. Well, uh, I don't know if we're going to have a big break in the show or not on my live recording, but it says I'm recording. It says we have one hour and 32 minutes left, so I, I guess I'm in the studio, Jan, and I apologize for that. If there's a break, we apologize. So, well, why don't Jan, we just uh, just keep on talking? I'll just where, talk about anything. How's that? Well, where where what did he ask? Because I didn't get to hear. So he, let's, he asked if I had any experience with UFOs, and I said a minor. Oh, uh, interesting. I, I had one going to the San Antonio MUFON conference. 
just before I landed on the on the aircraft. Okay, so uh, and I would call back while you're talking and see if I can. Yeah, okay. Get him so back. I'll just. Uh, yeah, as, you just keep As everybody talking. knows, uh, the director of national intelligence uh, just went ahead and said that uh, the uh, the government has a lot more UFO material than people know about. Um. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. That that's kind of pulled the rug out from DOD because he is he has gone ahead and said, "Hey, we're we're uh he was working on getting UFO cases for the uh uh for for Congress when he left." So um and he he, he did admit that they had cases. Now, um after Project Blue Book closed in 1970, we uh, we think that Heineck continued on with uh, J. Allen Heineck, the Air Force uh, uh, advisor on the scientific advisor on UFOs. He continued on from uh, 1970 to 1973. Uh, into in some kind of a contract with the Air Force, so we think that that was the UFO uh, um, uh, contract. Uh, he it was apparently terminated in 1973, and then just shortly after that, he uh, organized organized Kufos. Um, the government is not all in one, uh, put it this way, they're not, haven't always been speaking with one voice. Uh, different organizations are, uh, have different things. When, when they closed out Project Blue Book, nobody thought about the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard has to respond to vessels at sea and other rescue things. And, of course, one of the things they get is UFO reports. When they close out Project Blue Book, there were no instructions on what the Coast Guard could do. So they still got uh, UFO reports. In fact, some of the UFO reports were, hey, this thing is outside our, uh, our oil platform. And uh, all our electricity has uh, suddenly shut down when the UFO appeared. Uh, can you come out here and assist us? Now, there is no planning for that. So the Coast Guard, on their own, decided, um, if you get any UFO reports, send them to CUFOS. Um, other agencies or... Uh, Agencies within other organizations decided that was a good idea. So, uh, CUFOs received reports from the Navy, uh, sometimes the Air Force, uh, because the reporting chain had been broken 
and uh, uh, some of these organizations were not sure what they should do with things. So uh, for a while, that worked that worked fine, and then it went away. One of the things is that the um, when they closed down Blue Book, they said, uh, "Well, where where would civilians be able to report UFOs?" and the uh, the uh, it was said, well, the police will take them from now on. Nobody consulted with the police if they wanted to be in the UFO investigation business. <laughs> so, so I mean, they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so um, uh, Heineck and Kufos got with the got. Uh, with the FBI to discuss that and the FBI didn't particularly like that the police had suddenly uh, been given this extra mission that you know the FBI didn't think was right and so the FBI set up a, a hotline with KUFOS so that the police could call KUFOS headquarters with UFO cases so I know in my own state here, there was um, a network of police organizations that would go, would they get a UFO report and they they call Kufos on a on a uh, toll free line and give them the details. And in some cases, um, I have some UFO reports from here in Connecticut in the in the seventies. The police would go out to the witnesses' place and give them uh, NICAP or KUFOS questionnaires for them for the witnesses to fill out. Um, so, like I say, the FBI was was taking care of the police, trying to get the UFO monkey off their back, which the Air Force had, without any consultation, just pushed on the local and state police. Um, I guess uh, that's where we are now, because Homeland Security doesn't take care of it. Who in the government takes care of it? Because all of us associations out here, I'm getting overwhelmed myself. It's very, uh, it's a daunting task uh, just to handle people's phone calls and emails. When I when I talk to to Walt Andrews, he says, uh, "Well, don't tell anybody." But uh, and this is in '96. Uh, when I talk to Walt Andrews, he says, "Oh, don't tell anybody." But uh, NORAD uh, gives out our phone number so people can call MUFON. I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah." <laughs> Uh, so they, uh, they, a lot of a lot of civilians are calling NORAD all the time, and um, so now they have somewhere to report this. Jeez. They can just, uh, uh, you know, let us know. So, well, how long uh, has that been going on? Since what year? Well, Jay, I oh, I'm not sure. I, he didn't tell me. He said they've been doing it for a while, though. This isn't in. in uh, Ninety six, so it had been going on for a while. It had been going on for a while, and he said, "You know, civilians call him up; they give him the number." Um, 
in uh, uh, in uh, New Hampshire there, uh, Pease Air Force Base. They put a, a uh, instructions in the staff duty officer's log saying, if if a civilian calls the base about a UFO thing, you should you should call uh, um, uh, uh, Jeremiah, uh, the local MUFON uh, state director for New Hampshire, and give him your case. Or give you, you know, so, you know, in a number of incidents, the government was actually uh, sending cases to UFO organizations. Um, I know that about 1984, I know about 1984, the, uh, the UFO hotline kind of fell apart because there was not that many UFO cases. So, well, do you have a? Okay, so Jay Allen Einick talked to me eighty-five, I guess eighty-six. I don't. There, he may have been the man that came out to Lowry Air Force Base, and since I didn't know who he was, I'm starting to think that's who he was, because uh, he took me out and told me my Q clearance, and then. Later on, I got the above top secret, right? But I already had the Majestic 12 or MAJ 12 badge, and then I had gotten that uh, document that y'all don't – a lot of people don't think it was real, but we got a, a manual, right? So when he met me, I think he was going to Edwards Air Force Base as secretary. I was supposed to meet his secretary. So what happened there? Uh did, but you said you didn't talk. That was eighty six. I have Can never you go talked back to Heineck. I never talked well, to Heineck. Well, where were you when uh, I got pulled back in or active duty again? They brought me in from Africa or UK, European theater. They brought uh, me back in. From nineteen eighty four to. Uh, uh, 1994. I was in Europe. I was so in, you were uh, over in Europe like two different I was. places. In uh, I was in two different places in Europe, uh, in Germany, and uh, one assignment in Italy. All right. Now you remember? Uh, I know. I, I was in. About... Uh, I was in nuclear capable units. So <laughs> yeah, they put us all in nuclear for some reason. All right, now Bob Dean was over there in Allied Command, and he was in. Uh, he was uh, in. Allied he was in uh, uh, NATO headquarters. Okay, he worked NATO, and I don't even know what I worked because I was in Joint and Allied Command, Joint Chiefs, Pentagon, anybody NSC, National Security Council. All I know is our orders came directly from the president. <laughs> but I don't know what J. Allen Hynek was trying to tell me because I wasn't in uniform that day, and uh, he was telling me that something was not funded and that he was moving from stuff from Chicago to Colorado, I think. And he had gotten his sec- – uh, some woman that was going to help him move to Colorado – 
Do you remember that break in there when they moved? What you were? Wait a minute. That's what you're saying. You were in Europe when all these transfers were going on, uh, right? Yeah. I, uh, when Heineck left Kufos, he took a he he took about a uh, little over one thousand cases with him, and went <laughs> down and um, uh, went down to Arizona, I think it was, and he met with Willie Smith in Florida, and the two of them uh, uh, went ahead and uh, figured out this uh, computer program that uh, was called Unicat, which uh, Smith, uh, because he was uh, was proficient with computers, put together for Hynek. And what yeah. they, what their uh, goal was to have only the best cases in it. Um, Thomas Ritter founded that. Is that the same one? Maybe it's not. Well, maybe Ritter was doing it, but uh, Willie was uh, Willie Smith was um, working with Heineck on the on computerizing this. So um, <laughs> it's Willie that. Smith told me he said. Heineck told me what to what should go in the uh, in the uh, uh, what should go in the uh, computer database? list. Yeah, what what the what the cases should be there, and he said I just put them there. Uh, oh. And I, uh, you know, kept the program up. So. Now I'm I'm thinking of something different. I think, but Willie Smith, you and I. Talked about, but I thought was he in Miami or Orlando? Because I'm in Gulf Breeze now, but they kept. He, trying to in, get... he was in uh, Miami Beach, I think. Yeah, Miami. Okay, we got a guy down there. Okay, good. Okay. So I got sense. his files before he passed away. He decided he he hadn't worked in UFOs for about uh, ten years, so he decided it was time to pass them on. So. Lauren Gross and I went down there and got his files, and then uh, uh, all three of us went down there and we interviewed Willie Smith so we would have a, a record of his uh, uh, lifetime experiences in ufology. We, uh, Tom Toline did that with about 200 people. I assisted him on maybe 75 of these interviews. <coughs> uh, Brad, Brad Sparks and I remember a number of other people I remember uh, Brad also Spark. assisted him. Huh? I remember Brad Spark. Right. They interviewed uh, uh, Colonel Friend, who used to be the um, head of Blue Book, they interviewed uh, um, uh, Robert Olson, who was uh, for a while the head of uh, Blue Book. Um, uh, Tom and I interviewed uh, uh, Ross Dean, who was uh, who worked at Blue Book. Um, uh, we did about two hundred, like I said. About 200 interviews. Uh, Tom did most 
most of the work, uh, and I assisted him, uh, like I say, on about 75 interviews. We interviewed uh, um, officials, uh, witnesses, um, <clears throat> other people involved in in UFO research. We interviewed Klaus Vaughn when he came to the United States <clears throat> about UFO Sweden. Oh, Brad Sparks, Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, wasn't that uh, Center for U- Against UFO Secrecy, Brad Sparks? Mm, well, he was in uh, CAUSE, uh, yeah, for... Uh, uh, NSA. Uh, it was, yeah, it was against, uh, it was, yeah, the... Uh, So he he worked with Cause, uh, so did Greenwood and uh, Todd Zeckel and uh, Robert Todd. Oh, Larry Fawcett and Barry Greenwood come up under Cause. Now, how yeah, do you Barry? Yeah. Let's talk about Cause for a minute and Barry Greenwood, because Barry worked at the U.S. Post Office with you, right? Yeah, he worked in the post office. Um, uh, How did he get into cause? Did he tell you? Because he had, uh, let's see, clear intent May first, nineteen eighty four. So is he working yeah, he, on he those? And, he and Larry up? Fawcett wrote Clear Intent, which is based on a number of uh, government documents which they got by FOIA. And, yeah. Uh, after after the book was written, of course, there's there's always updates. So, Bingo. Uh, there had been a uh, a magazine called Just Cause, which was run by Cause, and Barry said, you know, nobody was working it at the time. So Barry asked if he could revive the uh, Just Cause to uh, uh, talk about updates of the book because as soon as you write the book it's obsolete there's new information all the time i know so, it's ridiculous so that's what you just cause was is to update the uh, update the uh, information so he 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 ran that into the 90s um oh, okay. in the meantime he passed away so uh larry Fawcett? Yeah, uh, Larry Fawcett, yeah, he passed away. He Dang. was a Connecticut policeman, and then he went to Florida, and um, he passed that's away. That's when I came in. Yeah, that's when I come in. He dies, and I come in. So the government cover-up by the UFO experience is Barry Greenwood, right? Prentice Hall? Now, do I need to uh, – does Barry have all the files from that forward? Because – yeah, he does. He has he has okay. probably one of the biggest collection file collections in the in the world. Right. Okay, but he wants to keep them for cause, or will he? Is he going to help put them over at the same? Yeah, uh, that's Mexico? what we're doing. That's why we're scanning everything. We're exchanging things all the time. Okay. Uh, and so with this scanning project, you're going to get Barry's material. Now Barry picked up a number of people. That have passed away. They, he's picked up their files too. So this Whew. is uh, 
Well, now, wait, I'm, I'm just now, this, I'm going to be 70 myself. I don't know. Uh, what's your age right now? Well, I, I'm, I'm not uh, older than dirt, but I was around but, for mud. <laughs> well, so I've been here Barry for a while. Why don't you let Barry come talk to me about some of those files? Because I was out of country, and then I come back in and get swooped up by the tall Nordics in Navy uniforms. <laughs> well, here's uh, here. I mean, you know, uh, Barry was the one that started the Kufo scanning project, so he's the one that started this. Um, well, and he, he's been doing other things since then. So, one of the things he did was uh, he. Uh, he found the National Archives of Brazil had a giant newspaper collection, which was available to anybody that had a computer. So he started, now he doesn't speak Portuguese, but he started uh, looking for uh, UFO uh, uh, stories in, in Brazilian newspapers and he's not looking for things that are repeated in the United States. He's looking for things that are around the world. And Brazilian newspapers have things like uh, Agency French, uh, French Press and uh, uh, Reuters, which were not carried in the early de- days in, in American newspapers. Yeah. So by looking in the uh, Brazilian archives, he came up with about 6,000 UFO stories from the 40s, 50s, and early 60s. He's still got more to go, but he's taking a break right now. So I think uh, 6,000 stories is quite a bit. (laughs) I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's better. Uh, the Brazilians even say, "Well, we're, we don't, we don't, we don't have a, as good a archives as you do on these stories." So they were surprised. Um, he also did the same thing with Sweden, going back to the nineteenth uh, um, century, then the uh, ghost flyers in the thirties and early. 40s and then the Second World War stuff in Sweden and then the uh, ghost rockets and then UFOs. So Sweden went from ghost rockets right into, uh, in 46, right into UFOs in 47. Some of the same people in the government, the, the Air Force intelligence people, they uh, they went from collecting ghost rocket accounts to collecting uh, UFO accounts. So uh, he's got about three thousand Swedish items. He doesn't speak Swedish either, so but he knows how well, to uh, he knows how he knows how the keywords, so he can get. Uh, Items like that. Also, Sweden has um, newspaper contacts with agency French Press and Reuters and 
Scandinavian uh, wire services and things like that. So that's a pretty good uh, thing. Um, and we've also been collecting uh, news, newspaper accounts from rather uh, weird places like Papua and New Guinea. Um, of course, the Father Gill is the most famous from 1959, but we've been collecting stuff in the in the 60s and 70s from Papua New Guinea, um, Fiji, and uh, uh, countries like that. And you can do it over the internet. Uh, getting into uh, archives and things. Got stuff from South Africa and uh, items like that. It's uh, so it's a it's an international thing, not just the Kufo scanning project, but it's uh, further. It's just uh, we're still um, expanding the uh, the amount of material that's available to people. Well, I told you I could help with, the, you know, try to get veterans, volunteers, and setting up a directory, but uh, internationally, people are contacting me, and I can't speak all these languages, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to go with this uh, Google and add the translator, right? Right, that's that's kind of hard to do. So we just we just collect the things, and yeah. like I said, <clears throat> uh, six thousand items from Brazil is quite a bit. <sighs> well, people are talking to me in Japan and other countries, Spanish and Portuguese, and uh, they'll somehow. I'm just I'm I'm not sure how this is going to work, but. We'll do the best we can with radio and YouTubes because those help a little bit. At least we can see who's who in what country. And I want to keep doing that with you and uh, Barry and how we can do all these books that everybody's writing. But now, have you heard anything about they're supposed to release more information? Because uh, are you familiar with that attic? Uh, what is that? I'll put it on you. Securing government information, data developing countries. I, I, I know there's a firewall. Well, that's what that, that's what that's what uh, Radcliffe said. They were preparing when he left as a uh, director of national intelligence. They were preparing uh, material to send to the Senate. So oh, there is material there. He's, you know, and uh, uh, I probably will put in a FOIA about that. It's asking he me more to. Or less said that he's he, they prepared material to go to the Senate. So ask for a list. Huh? A list of all the links or all the files everywhere because yeah, a list of files. I don't files. know how to. Oh God. Okay. Well, my. So what uh, I got here. Okay. Mm -hmm. When the uh, when Clinton uh, said that after 25 years all material is declassified except for the uh, 
the stuff that the uh, different agencies reserve, he uh, he went ahead and uh, uh, the uh, uh, Air Force Declassification uh, Agency went ahead and uh, uh, you know said, hey, we need a inventory of what we have that that needs to be declassified right. now. Now, every agency did not, within the Air Force, did not make a list of UFO files that they had. But some people go beyond, above and beyond when they're told to do something. (coughs) So there's a declassification index that the uh, Air Force made. And Robert Todd got a uh, copy of it, um, and it include you know Robert Todd gave the National Archives they gave him a, a list of uh, UFO subjects that were they were interested in like uh, um, uh, UFOs, flying saucers, flying discs, uh, uh, green fireballs, things like that. Uh, all the key, all the key. Uh, yeah, words, so they, uh, so, so uh, the Air Force answered the FOIA with a, a list of things that were UFO related that Todd had asked for. Now he, uh, like I said, they uh, the declassification people did not say. Uh, uh, give us an index of everything that's got to do with UFOs. But once again, I'm saying uh, people in the military sometimes go beyond what they're told to do. So we've got this list of, of things that need to be declassified. And if the archives ever opens up again, we can go down there and search for it. Ah. Gosh, well, we're undervalued, what is it, interests and values. We're underpowered right now. (laughs) Right, right, well, there's too much to do. Yes. There's too much to do. The the last time, uh, the last time we had a UFO history meeting, uh, Dr. John Reed was there from, uh, uh, from uh, John Ho- Johns Hopkins University, and we started talking, and he he said, "What do you think needs to be done in u- ufology?" And I said, <clears throat> "Do you do you have about an hour?" And so he said he took out a little pocket uh, notebook, and I started telling him about the things that I thought should be done in. Ufology and Tom Toline came over and he started talking about things that needed to be done. And he says, "Well, who's going to do these?" And I said, "Well, the mythical uh, <laughs> Institute of Ufology." I said, uh, "We're going to send uh, we're going to send people all over the country from this mythical institution to." Uh, to do these tasks, and he said, 
what are you talking about? I said, there's more to be done than we have people to do it. Most people are not interested in any kind of grunt work like I'm talking about. So it's a mythical it organization is. which will, will uh, involve thousands of people. And he would ask me about this topic or that topic. Or he said, well, what about uh, uh, things in the archives? Or what about... Uh, People that have been involved in ufology and have turned their, have been in government work and their uh, papers are at government institutions like the Naval War College, had Bernie Baruch. And I said, well, Bernard Baruch Jr., uh, I went and did that, but if there's somebody else, we, we, we need to send the uh, people from the Institute of uh, Ufology, which, of course, is... <laughs> because there's nobody else to send. I said I can't. You know, there's too there, there's there's too much work and not enough people. And a lot of people just want to. Uh, their their thing is to post on social media and uh, uh, just just recently this has come about. Now the Canadian government and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the uh, uh, the Canadian military, uh, they still get UFO reports all the time, and they send them to to the uh, University of uh, Manitoba to uh, a science uh, a science writer named. Chris Rakowski. He is the point of contact for all government information in Canada about UFOs. He has a huge collection, not only from the government, but from his own efforts. And now, what university is he with, Chris Rakowski? The University of Manitoba. So now they have. He's turned all his material over to the University of Manitoba, and they're going to scan it. And they needed, oh, and what they needed was about twenty-five thousand dollars to uh, preserve this material, get new material, and scan what they have. Now, if you uh, look at the uh, the 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 number of people that have contributed to this twenty-five thousand dollars, it's a lot of poor people. And oh, all these man. people that make big money uh, going around and telling people about uh, uh, UFOs at these conferences, none of them have kicked in anything, even five dollars. Well, they're not interested in the in the historical value or the research. Yeah, they're interested and, in their stories that can get them. Yeah, on they're, well, they're they're always can. talking about disclosure. Here is a disclosure. <laughs> the Canadian government is disclosing all their UFO files. So, well, okay. like I said, you know, we, we've got all these people that are UFO celebrities, but 
when it comes to uh, where the rubber meets the road, no, this is this isn't for research. This is for personal, um, you know, uh, uh, personal gain. Now, I got nothing wrong with people working for personal gain, but I think everybody in ufology that that gains from it should actually put a little bit back. And a lot of these people are not doing any real research. They're just going to conference and talking about things. Uh, so I really, uh, I really believe that some of these people should put some of their should help out, should talk about this when they're at their conferences, and uh, should put their money where their mouth is. Uh, it's pretty uh, sad to see the state well, of ufology right now. Well, I think that this is a big issue right now with those that are organizers. But, you know, we have the MUFON conferences, so we have a, a MUFON state director responsible in each state, and I guess yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, they're putting their own money into that. I understand that. But, uh, but I but one, I understand that there's so-called UFO experts that are talking all the time. <coughs> they're not experts. And I don't believe they're really experts, and I don't believe that uh, they put anything back. No. Uh, so we've got – but what about Linda Moulton Howell, just because she worked uh, – what about Carrie Cassidy, because uh, they worked in Hollywood, or they only got the way that the – the stories were supposed to be slanted, or how do you feel about, you know, those two women? Uh, well, you know, I'm, you know, here's my thing. If the shoe fits and then there's where, Paula Harris. everybody, there, there, there's people that write books about disclosure. There's people uh, in podcasts every day talking about disclosure. And I said, and yeah, and what have you uh, done to get disclosure? What have you done lately? Yeah, what, well, what are we doing? Stalin. We're 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 gonna we're gonna hold our breath until we turn purple. I said. Okay. Let's, I'm let's, working let's, for disclosure, and like I said, people uh, where there's a chance to uh, to donate, like the uh, University of Manitoba, I think it's time for somebody to put some money in there. Uh, put their money where their mouth is. Um, and since we're talking about disclosure, let's just run down uh, the number of governments that have uh, disclosed UFO material. Some of them are just ad hoc. You know, it's a one-time thing. But some of them have, have, have put out a lot of uh, uh, information. Of course, the U.S. has put out you know, hundreds of over a hundred thousand pages of information. Canada is doing it right now, so with the University of Manitoba, Venezuela, Peru, Chile, Argentina, U, uh, Uruguay, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Ireland, uh, Norway, uh, Sweden, Finland, 
Denmark, Belgium, France, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Greece, Turkey, Yugos- the old Yugoslavia, Poland, Ukraine, USSR, uh, uh, then some of the ones that, uh, oh, uh, Japan has put out some information, even though the current uh, um, uh, uh, Minister of Defense says we don't have any information, but they have put out information in the past, so apparently he's not too well versed with what's been done. So there's uh, uh, there's Japan, uh, Philippines, Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, and China. Now some of these have just put out minor amounts of information or one-time things. Well, do you have a Mexico, list? Do you have a list uh, Mexico, Paraguay, the old South. Uh, Southern Rhodesia, Egypt, Fiji, India, and Malaysia. That's 25 countries that have put out, uh, uh, put out government information. That's a lot of disclosure. So, well, do, did you make this list up, or did someone else, or this is just from your first-hand information? Where are you getting these countries, or did you do a list? Is it Internet? Because now a lot of researchers are saying, talking stuff as event, at events about people pulling stuff off of the Internet. Well, yeah, some of this is on the Internet. The, all, uh, the, the way the Australians work is something like this. If somebody does a FOIA, uh-huh. they get charged for it. They okay. do a Freedom of Information Act. Australia has a Freedom of... New Zealand has a Freedom of Information Act. The U.K. does. The U.S. U.S. and Canada do. Wow. In Australia, if somebody does a <coughs> Freedom of Information <laughs> Act, after the document is found... They have to pay for the uh, for the document to go online, and Australians just put all their UFO stuff online. Wow! So every country is going to make a not, no, not every country does that, but some countries do. Like I say, oh, the yes. Canadians didn't do that; they just gave all the material to Chris Rakowski. So. Uh, and he became the point of contact for UFOs in Canada. So if there was official, you know, Air Force or uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, report, he got it. That's why he, he's trying to. Uh, that's why the University of Manitoba is trying to raise money to get it scanned because there's so much material. Uh, the Swedes have just opened up their archives. You can just go in there and copy anything you want on ghost rockets or 
UFOs. They just said that the uh, uh, and UFO Sweden. Uh, generally, the, the government tells them what what's going on, and they they investigate on their own. Uh, Chile's got their own UFO project, and so does uh, Peru. And some of this has been made public; some of it hasn't. Uh, Spain. Uh, uh, Juan Vicente uh, Balestro Omos has uh, has gone through the UFO files at various places in Spain and made that available, and uh, cooperating with uh, Balestro Omos, we put together this this list of countries that have made UFO files available. Who so he's the, he's the point of contact for this. Who uh, has? So B- Barry and I, we we give him USO, UF, uh, US UFO uh, list of uh, documents that have been made available all the way back to 1947. Uh, uh uh dr uh, david clark in england he uh, works for the national he works with the national archives to make british material available a lot of it's online so uh, and guess what uh, america has uh, has has troops all over the place project blue book closed down but uh, American troops in Australia and England and other places make UFO reports or have UFO sightings, and the local country wants a copy of their report. So because they're military, right? And right. American so troops. the 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 the. the uh, in fact, sometimes uh, uh, U.S. Uh, planes are making reconnaissance, say, flights over the uh, – this is one that happened uh, recently, made uh, reconnaissance flights over the eastern Mediterranean, and uh, they got a UFO in the area, and the British picked it up on their radar and sent – interceptors up so that's a thing of two countries there and it's you know we don't have the uh, the only reason we know about this case is because the British released it their military released it American military didn't Uh, oh wow so there was a Time, uh, the uh, the Australian listening site in Australia, the uh, the Americans had a U uh, had a UFO sighting on the uh, on the base, and you know this is years after Blue Book again, but it's in the Australian UFO case files. 
because the uh, Australians had the Americans fill out a report form. And there, I, I've got uh, I've got several cases where the Americans were involved in Australia. Uh, they saw UFOs while they were flying planes with the Australians or by themselves in Australia. And uh, they're in the Australian case files. Uh, uh, so wow, you've uh, got you've got your hands full. UFO troops filed in Australia. While flying planes over Australia, right, right. right. So, you know, of course, during the Vietnam War and during the Korean War, there were a lot of UFO reports. And just some are just now coming out. Okay, uh, I've got during. I'm trying to type a little bit on our UAP associates during Vietnam War and what what war? Korean War. Korean War. Yep. Uh, some cases. I have to put UFO, Korean War. Some UFO cases are just coming out. Right. Okay. The, uh, the first Marine Air Wing in uh, in Korea. Uh huh. Every every week they put out a uh, a uh, summary of of of. Uh, combat in Korea uh, and so the summary this weekly summary came out and uh, UFOs were one of the category okay so that has just been released so most of the UFO reports in the first marine Air wing uh, uh, have uh, are also in blue book. They're also oh, in okay. blue book, but some of them aren't. Um, and just like everything else in the government, some of the stuff in this first Marine Air Wing uh, material has more information than then it is in Blue Book. So if you go to my site, you look at 1953, go to April 14th, northern Japan, there's a summary of a, a, a Navy intelligence plane flying back from northern Japan, flying back to northern Japan. They've been on a, uh, uh, an intelligence mission uh, towards the Soviet Union, and they were flying back, and this this UFO uh, was in, uh, detected on radar. It's a big. It was a big one, and then all of a sudden, there's ten smaller UFOs, and from the uh, Navy report, it appears that the bigger UFO was directing the smaller UFOs. Uh, the Navy plane uh, went ahead and descended to just about 400 feet above the water. Now, this is at night, and these uh, smaller UFOs were, <coughs> they made 70 passes at the Navy plane, some of them under the Navy plane. It's kind of dangerous. Uh, 
Um, and like I said, part of this, uh, the account is in Project Blue Book, but the first Marine Air Wing had additional information. And uh, Brad Sparks got a hold of that stuff. And uh, for the uh, Jerry Clark's UFO Encyclopedia that's just been published, the third edition, he uh, he updated this case, which is in Blue Book. He got more information now. So um, uh, other agencies of the government may have additional information on cases we already know about that are in Blue Book and elsewhere. And we found that several times. That's a that's a quite uh, common occurrence. Well, uh, so I guess we're going to network and hope... Uh, people that are really interested in alienology and ufology and cosmology, I guess any of these, alienology, cosmology, well, just history, you know, what else? Uh, Seems like if they were in 40, I'll put history, I'll put ufology, are all welcome uh, to learn our, uh, I guess, train the trainers. Uh, I guess we'll do it online. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we got to find out. We got to find out who they are and what they can do in what state if they're in the U.S. And then who do they contact around the world? I'll just put. We will uh, do our best to. Uh, I guess we're going to net to network <laughs> network the entire world for our uh needs well it's it's really for our uh historical archiving uh yeah uh well uh say like Paraguay I listed them on a minor as a minor player here making things public. Uh, Antonio Huenas gave his uh, UFO collection, which is worldwide, just like Willie Smith, uh, worldwide cases from all these countries he's visited. And uh, uh, looking through, uh, you know, he had had set up his... uh, his files by the country. So I, I looked at Paraguay. I said, you know, I, I never read anything about Paraguay doing anything with UFOs. Well, sure enough, they had a a UFO report form uh, in the files there, and it was from Paraguay, and it was a uh, a case about a an airliner. So... You know, we hadn't known anything about Paraguay before that. Uh, Egypt, okay, I only have one thing from Egypt. They sent it out by the the uh, Egypt Council consulate in uh, in Washington D.C. 
I tried to get a copy from the Library of Congress. They said they didn't have a copy. But I was able to find out about the reports in in an American newspaper. So we don't have the actual government report that they put out. Uh, The Library of Congress is a good source of you know, things that the various embassies and consulates put out. Um, uh, Southern Rhodesia. So that used, that's now Zimbabwe. But in 1952, this, uh, this uh, colonial official was uh, traveling north in southern Rhodesia on a highway and this UFO apparently was leading him was ahead of him and he stopped and he got gas and when he started up again it started up again and uh, went ahead and uh, Barry Greenwood contacted the uh, the uh, British Library and they had a copy of the uh, South Rhodesian government's report on this case in 1952 and it's a it's a it's a close approach case which there's not that many in 1952 so this is kind of a unique thing Well, how are we going to separate uh, close approach and CE5? What about, uh, do you want to, oh, this is going to get complicated. On alienology, where would you, uh, on close approach, is that under J. Allen Hynek's uh, separation of CE1, 2, 3, 4, 5, like we use on the MUFON investigator? Right. Old train the trainer. Close approach, close encounter. Uh, so this is a, this is a close encounter in, in southern Rhodesia, which um, it's one of the things we don't, you know, uh, we're able to get. We didn't have to pay to get it out of the British Museum; they just made us a courtesy copy. Uh, what website do we put on close approach CE five category? I don't know. Uh, see. Well, in the scanning project, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing CE5s. The reason is there's too much uh, personal medical information in there. Uh, uh, People don't need to know if one of the witnesses or one of the abductees wet their beds till 13 years old. They just don't need to. We don't need to have this kind of personal information now for people that are doing serious research it's necessary but to scan it and make it available to to everybody I don't think that's right so we're not scanning CE5s we're putting them aside because this uh, like I said a lot of the information in these uh, cases is very personal and uh 
Maybe well, what are we going to do with the CE5? Are we going to, I mean, because it's open source. I said I'm not going to scan it. That's that's what I said. I'm not going to scan it. We're going to put it aside. People that that uh, need uh, access to it can get it, but we're not going to put it on the on the Internet. Well, what CE5, we'll just put it, need to know, well, there we go again. Now we're back in the government, need to know information. No, so it's are not we need to class? know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's people that are actually doing that kind of research. Medical. That have, uh, uh, the, you know, listen, when, uh, when Carpenter, Carpenter went ahead and, and sold his files to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, uh, and I know exactly who it is, but I can't, I just can't. That's it's okay. We'll Anyways, uh, uh, He's been abducted or the information's been abducted? No, my, my memory has been abducted. <laughs> Anyways, so I- that was such a big deal in ufology. Oh, it's so terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, so what? I mean... The guy that bought the information is—he can't be said that he's not a ufologist. So, well, if he was paying the money, he had—it was a huge amount. Or was it a collector? It, it was. It was a pretty big. It was a pretty. I guess it was a pretty big account. Carpenter sold it to him, but that's not the point. Everybody in ufology was jumping up and down because Bigelow. Oh, Robert Bigelow. Well, he didn't spend that much on the UFO Bigelow file. Bigelow bought this guy's, he he was an abduction researcher. Bigelow bought his files. Somehow that was a, a breach of trust. Direct. Well, he went around. Yeah, you know what, Bigelow the... is, is, is put more money into ufology than any other individual. So, so oh. what? He is okay. a ufologist. You know? Okay, well, let's find out how to get to that guy because he's a billionaire, but he doesn't care about us and what we're doing anymore, does he? He doesn't care about the history. No, he's got his he? own ideas about what should be done. It's it's different from most everything else. He worked with yeah. uh, MUFON for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but um, that's why I. That's why we're not. Uh, we talked about what we should do with CE5s and. You know, uh, it was such a uh, a clamor when uh, Carpenter sold his material to Bigelow that we don't want to get involved in that. Well, was it Robert so, Carpenter? Is that what you said? John, I think it was John Carpenter. His name is John Carpenter. He's a and, he was a psychologist, if if I remember correctly. Say Bigelow. Yeah. Bigelow, ufologist. Let me see if anything. Yeah. Bigelow come up. is a ufologist. He's got giant library of UFO research. Uh, I don't. I don't see why everybody acted like it was a. a, 
breach of some type. Yeah, a major breach, but the same thing is the uh, abduction researchers trade stuff back and forth all the time. I I don't I I said at the time that John did this. I said I think uh, I think this is. Uh, uh, mainly bull butter because I think that nobody can not uh, that Bigelow hasn't re, uh, uh, gone ahead and uh, supported UFO research and he is a researcher and he has a giant library now he won't let anybody see it uh, except for people that are, you know, in his organization. He, when he had uh, Bigelow Aerospace, people could go to his library and look at stuff. And he even got stuff from the government. What Here happened was to that? released to him. It's probably in his uh, in his library. Which is he had a twenty-two. He 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 got a good part of that twenty-two million dollars that was appropriated to uh to study UFOs. He got a good um, part of that, so that was because he He had a contract uh, with the government to study UFOs. And he also was able to get material out of the government because he was studying UFOs. So if they feel like you're a bona fide investigator for the government or prior government service, well, he had millions already, though, because he came from the hotel chains. Yeah, sure. He he, he got most of that $22 million. Well, uh, what administration was that? <laughs> Get into well, that's it. Harry <laughs> Reid, actually. Uh, but oh, it was also yeah. John, yeah, yeah right. but also John Glenn and uh, uh, Senator McCain and Senator Inouye and uh, uh, Senator Stevens from Alaska. They were all in on that too. Oh, we used to say that's what that's what Harry Reid said. That's what Harry Reid said. He wanted bipartisan. I went to see Dan and Noya, or NUA, as you say, uh, in Hawaii. I wonder if that's how – I'm always wondering how I've covered all this UFO stuff. So he was in on it with Senator McCain and Harry Reid. Okay, there's a whole story there. Did you all have that written up? Huh? Do you have that story written up with John Glenn and uh, Harry Reid and uh, – No. No. No, because I don't know. There's so much, there's so many holes. I don't know that much. I do know, I think that Senator Inouye um, had a UFO sighting. I know that Stevens did. Now, neither of those people's, those senators' papers are organized yet. These are the senators' we the papers we need to look at. We need to look at Harry Reid's papers, Inouye's papers, Stevens' papers, uh, Glenn's papers, McCain's papers. McCain's stuff is not all organized yet. Uh, Richard Russell, uh, Senate uh, Armed Forces 
He's he's been involved in UFOs several times during his career. Nobody's um, gone to look at his papers. Uh, Senator Margaret Chase Smith, uh, to a certain extent, was involved in uh, uh, certain UFO investigations. Uh, people from from Maine were writing her about close encounters. And uh, she didn't write to the Air Force. She wrote to the head of the CIA and said, what's going on here? Give me a report. Uh, Nobody's gone up and looked at her papers up there in Maine. So uh, I do know about the incident, though. They did send the 4602nd up there to investigate the case she was concerned about. it's interesting that there's another case almost exactly the same that she that she was concerned about a year earlier. Well, how do you keep that's up a, with that's all another this? thing about putting stuff together and scanning <laughs> it like this. We find out things that are related to each other. Right. There's method to the madness. So John Glenn, any of you investigators out there, John Glenn. Uh, Senator McCain, Dan and Noya, that uh, are Dan and how, anyway, how you say it. But I lived there. I thought we said Dan and Noya. Is that well, wrong? Well, okay. I, I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I, I've heard people say anyway. So. Well, he told me, and uh, he he didn't have half an arm, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. He was, uh, he was in the Second World War, and I don't yeah, know was, uh, anything about his UFO encounter if he had one. I don't know. I don't know what I, I was do know that Stephen Stephen was was a pilot and he had a UFO encounter. Well, somebody was sending me around the world putting all these papers, but I don't know if it was National Security Council. I guess it was, uh, but it was before we had Homeland Security, and they threw me into the fire with J. Allen Hynek, and I didn't have any clue how to do this just because I was a. UFO abductee or alien abductee or whatever, or died, near-death experience, Monroe. And I know that guy, that that Monroe, that was running that thing over there, but I don't remember to go into North Sur- Well, yeah, I did go to North Carolina. Never mind. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I just never put together. I could have wrote a great investigation up if I'd been paying attention but people didn't mention UFOs, so I'd go around and talk to different people, but just, you know, I didn't understand the the intelligence behind it, I guess. I do now that I'm older, because now look at me. I'm working with you trying to get people to help us figure out how to get all the old papers uh, scanned and archived now that we've got the Internet. And I knew we were going to have the Internet. Oh my goodness! This is such a major event. So right. So I I don't know if John Glenn had any UFO experience. I I know he had some interest. Yeah. He, he was involved with <clears throat> with this Harry Reid thing somehow. Well. Uh, now Harry Reid's now dead. Twenty seven. And, and I don't right? know what McCain's. You know, McCain was a Navy pilot, so I don't know what, what his. I don't know what his interest is. Like I said, I contacted. 
I think his Harry papers Reid. are going. He's going to there. Anyways, wherever they're going, I contacted the. Uh, I want to say it's the university in Arizona, but anyways, they said no. We haven't got all his papers yet, and we haven't sorted through all his papers yet. And that's what they told me on Stevens, and that's what they told me on Inoue. But I, I, uh, I do know that Stevens said something about he had had a UFO encounter while he was a pilot, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Uh, he, he was a believer. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know I don't about know what... Inouye. I, uh, I, I know he was uh, working I with Reed. I office. And then, see, Reed was a LDS, and I was an LDS. Why did they sing? <laughs> Back in the day. Right. So it, but he's still alive, right? Right. Reed is still alive. I don't Barely. know why he's interested. <laughs> I think he's well, interested he was, because Bigelow is. Well, it's because of space exploration, and the, and we're doing the minerals. You know, we have a space race to the moon and Mars, but it's all about, well, like right now for the uh, cell phones, we have to have that black, you know, it's mineral. It's called, uh, they're mineral miners uh, looking in the future. It's like... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Gates just dropped fifty percent of everything in the internet. We're we're doing all this cyberspace culture to go into space, or I'll plan it with half his money into cyberspace bio, biotics and uh, AI technology at the highest level, right? Because we're all going off planet now. So, uh, well, those that can afford it anyway, they'll be the dwellers and the uh, travelers. Is, but see, they they unless they can do something uh, to get hurry up and put this, these people Gates won't be around. Uh, we know Reed may or may not make it. So, uh, but you know they're just not going to be around because they can't. Well, live through yeah, Margaret Tree Smith is, isn't around anymore, but uh, her papers are in Maine, and Richard Russell, he was involved with UFOs a number of times. Uh, during his career, he demanded well, what, reports from the Air Force and things like that. Well, you notice a lot of these people are LDS because that's in their belief system because of the, uh, you know, the Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Mormon, and uh, Kolob, uh planet, and knowing that they have an empirical situation with male and females. And, you know, doing terraforming. This is all common knowledge. It's just like those that are separate by the top 1% financially that have bred uh, reincarnations into their family's knowledge. And then in Germany, you know, the top 900, they've got so many billionaires over there. I can't, I can't even be a good journalist anymore at my age, 69, because there's so much knowledge available that really goes into alienology, cosmology, and ufology now. So I'm asking for people to just come help set up how we can do it in Internet, cyberspace culture domains, right? But people want to do their own thing, and a lot of them are just wanting to hear contactee stories. Now our ascension stories, reincarnation, our ascension masters, our fifth dimension, I've set up a 5D experiment 
or experienced group myself to see uh, how we can all work together because it's unity and diversity right now. But we've got to get all this. And are you saying that? Now, what about NSA? Now, we're doing all this data building, all these huge data bank uh, bulk balkanization is what we call it. Why can't we do all this uh, hard, the, the yucky stuff, the dust and the old papers? I thought we were doing, uh, we're shredding documents here in Pensacola, but these are ones that we want preserved because they have hardcore data left. So we need people that are interested in preserving some history and putting in, in databases. And that's hey, all. This, uh, there's stuff that's destroyed every day. Um, uh, Fort Meade, uh, William Leparo used to, I used to, uh, I, I used to, uh, um, uh, we we used to collaborate together on things, and he would uh, he had some kind of an inn at Fort Meade, and uh, when they were destroying stuff that had like might have some relation to UFOs, yeah, they would contact him first to see if he wanted it before they destroyed it at Fort Meade. Yeah. That's where we were doing the uh, studies between, well, I mean, uh, Russia and North America, right? Uh, for even the uh, oh Monroe Institute stuff, you know, 85 on up, Stargate and all that. You get it? You know, I'm talking about how that related. And a lot of people were arguing, apparently when I got into the game at a higher level at Fort Meade, I thought that was uh, supposed to. They're not keep. Are you telling me that they don't? They're throwing away. They're getting away stuff already, shredding it instead of scanning. They, they, had, they, they had stuff mostly from the early fifties and from the Second World War. Jesus. And, and they, they would ask. The they would ask. So they they'd ask uh, LaPearl if uh, he was interested in it. And and some of the things he was interested in, and I think that's how they got the uh, 900 pages of uh, uh, Horton Brother documents uh, that we got in the 90s. I think that's because of Leparo. <sighs> Let a, let let people know that that was available before they destroyed it. We got U.S. Cyber Command, National Security Agency, and Central Security System. Well, here's the but thing about uh, Fort Meade's old now, right? That's why they're downsizing it or getting rid of the archives or what? What's up with Fort Meade? They just they just normally destroy stuff all the time. Well, what about so uh, here's something back from 1977. Uh, uh, the uh, Defense Department now reveals 
that it still records UFO re, uh, UFO reports. Um, even though U.S. government officially official probe of UFOs ended eight years ago. Uh, Thomas Ross, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Public Affairs, told the uh, Inquirer at the time that the Defense Department has never... Um, let me see, I'm having trouble reading it because I don't have any light here. Uh, the Defense Department ceased investigating UFOs and that the uh, military... Uh, okay. I don't know how many reports there there were or have been... Uh, uh, or what the frequency is, but uh, it, there are reports, he said. Um, well, you know, the NSA... And then he, uh, then he went on to say, then he went on to say, however, Ross said, there is no central office that collects or studies UFO reports. Um, they are be, to be reported to the National Military Command Center, uh, to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to the uh, various um, pertinent commands and then they are uh, well the joint chiefs of command they, they, always wound uh, up with some and then they are uh, with a gag. Uh, recorded so National Military Command Center Fort Meade is where the their records are so uh, well, and I have surely. seen for, for 1984 I saw the uh, the yearly report for 1984 at the Nas of the National Military Command Center of incidents where uh, now not UFOs but where uh, there's been intrusions into the United States airspace. So each intrusion is recorded on um, uh, and uh, a, a, a general officer or an admiral signs off that he has seen that. Huh. Uh, it's about... Uh, in 1984, there's about 200 of them. I have the booklet of them. Uh, Todd got it, and he gave it to me, and uh, 
there's a couple of them that could be said to be UFOs, but most of them are smugglers, uh, airliners off course, or things like that. Well, Booz Allen Hamilton, National Security Engineers at Fort Meade, McLean, Virginia, Booz Allen Hamilton, Information Technology Consulting Company. Do they have any files? Uh, they've got a CEO. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the, uh, they're Le, up Le there. The Pearl went on to other things. I still have. I had contact <coughs> with him for a while afterwards, but he's gone on to other things, and he, uh, from what I understand, his health is poor. Technical support technician. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, all this, they says VoIP solutions, including Cisco, Avaya, and Microsoft, but who, surely, internally, anything that came after computers. So where do you cut up, where do you and Barry cutting off uh, data or digital or analog to digital? Well, how are you doing that for files? Uh, We're not. If we, get, if we get information, we we scan it. So first of all, hard copy. Well, that goes. Well, when did we? When did uh? Well, the government. Let's see, Air Force. All right. So after Project Blue Book, what would you say in two pos? And now, so sit. Oh God, this is complicated. So right when Barry picks up, because you. You were in European theater, but I came back, and so you and I cross over old school into Barry's area into, they transferred me from 80, Lowry Air Force Base, Great Lakes, to Hawaii, and I don't know, I learned a lot in Hawaii, (laughs) but uh, I came back, not a Four. They brought me back over to the uh, Fort Hood, 94, and it was General Crosby Saint, and he was getting ready to retire, moved to California, or had just moved there, but they brought me into the computer room, and they didn't have enough room, so they had some of the spooks in, uh, on computers outside some uh, milk. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing is, from there, so there's a, I can only catch, J. Allen Hynek wanted the, something to keep going, right? And, he, of course, he had his family, but I guess they weren't into keeping his files or anything. Uh, he told no, me his no, his files, his files were pilfered. Oh, so some of the family has some stuff that no, he has. no, the family doesn't have it. He's these uh, uh, he like I said, he took a thousand cases from Kufos when he left. He went down to Arizona, and uh, this is favorite cases. He means housing cases to Arizona. He, the ones that he thought were the most important. He said, "I'll keep with me." Yeah, well, well, some of them I think cases. he just some of them he just copied, but some of them he actually took the cases out of the Kufos files because Willie Smith had some of these some of these cases in his files. 
Sorry. Yeah, they Willie weren't Smith at Kufo, so the, the thing. I'm so confused. Okay. So Willie so, Smith so, had some. He had some. Well, where did me and the secretary come in? I thought we were putting together a business in Colorado. Was he, I? Uh, he was. He was led to believe that there was a, a, a millionaire that wanted to support his work, uh, so he was going to have the international uh, center for UFO studies in based in Arizona. In Arizona, is, yeah. It wasn't so the, Colorado. Why do I keep thinking Colorado? I don't know. I don't know. But whatever happened, Arizona. Is that the international that we were going to do? It, it was an international. He was going to have an international organization, and uh, uh, this couple got a hold of the APRO files, and he got part of Heinex files. APRO, okay, that was the couple in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, well, they started off in Wisconsin. They ended up down in Arizona, too. Okay, this is so strange why they keep bringing everything to Arizona. So who was Arizona? Oh, that was Senator McCain. John Reed, was he? Now, he was Democrat LDS, but what state did he represent? I, John, I don't know. He was a Democrat. Know. Let me look. John Reed. R E E D. American journalist. No, John Reed attorney, Pennsylvania, John Reed Fitness. Am I not getting isn't it John is that who we're talking about, Senator? Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Uh, who were we uh, uh, the only John Reed I know of is he he works at uh uh, John Moscow, Hopkins uni- uh, University. That's the only John Reed I know about. Oh, I'm a I'm a journalist, so I uh, well you you follow just too. But Harry Reed, okay, the journalist. <laughs> he was a communist in uh, Portland, Oregon, and died in Moscow, Russia. <laughs> American journalist. Well, we get those journalists in there, folks. Okay. So uh, Harry Reid is who I'm talking about. Harry Reid is from Pennsylvania, from uh, uh, from Nevada. He was the senator from Nevada. All right, so Las Vegas, Nevada, and that's where we got Area 51 in and out of there. Janet Airlines, blah blah blah, S4, all that stuff. Okay, that's Harry Reid. Now Mitch McConnell was key, but that just happened to be where my husband landed, and that's how. I wound up doing 20 years and back in Kentucky. <laughs> Let's see. All right, but with you, so I that's how I've got drug into that international. That was J. Allen Hynek, and you're telling me the whole time it's been Arizona? So that makes sense now because I've been involved that's in That's where Arizona. he retired to. That's where he retired to. And he was, they were going to, Get support from uh, a millionaire who was, and it, it never, uh, it never materialized. Yeah, that's what he was talking uh, to me about. And these uh, two people that were working with him on this idea, they were supposed to have some kind of a big UFO documentary too. Um, they got Heinick's files. They didn't get everything. Ah. I mean, obviously uh, Willie Smith got some of it, but. Oh, he died in 
Scottsdale. Oh, my gosh, that makes sense because I've been with that Wild West, even though I was in Kentucky, man, and Carla Ruckert and I, we were both in Kentucky. You remember that guy, uh, Don Elkins, at the University of Kentucky? See? Uh, I, uh, no, I don't, okay, I don't know well, who that is. Uh, that's more with the uh, Monroe Institute, CIA, Stargate, all that. That's the, the Russian side of the brain, the uh, intuitive, you know, life after life, near-death channeling, uh, galactic versus... Hardcore Blue Book, which is what they wanted with the mechanics of J- uh, Joseph, as they were talking about, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Heinick, H-Y-N-K, American astronomer, professor, astronomer, professor, ufologist, and remember for UFO research, and uh, he talked to me in space, uh, and he was uh, did the UF Air Force two projects, Project Sign and Project Blue Book. And then Jay, uh, his son, Joel Heinick, was a, uh, what do you call those people that helped talk about him for the uh, UFO History Channel, Project Blue Book, uh, Series 1 and 2, or Year 1 and 2, Series 1 and 2. And uh, he was educated at University of Chicago. And that brings in where he was, he was, was at Northwestern away. University. I don't think he was ever at University of Chicago. He didn't go. Really? He was the he was the uh, he was the head of the observatory at uh, at Northwestern University. Huh. Well, then they've got it wrong on Google, but that doesn't surprise me. He uh, he might have been at University <laughs> of Chicago for a short time, but he. 31 his, it says, his, his big career there. was at Northwestern. He was at Ohio well, State before that. Well, you know more about him than they put out here. It says University of Chicago Private Research University, 1890. Said he graduated from there in 31. Oh, that's, that didn't make sense. Well, I've got no, that's too old. He wasn't. No, he wasn't that old. That's another that kind of. That's got to be another Heineck. Let me go backwards. It says University of Chicago, but I'm reading off of, uh, okay, it says born 1910, Chicago. He was so he wasn't in 1890. He wasn't going to school at the University of Chicago. Then. No, that must be when it was. It says born May 1st, 1910, died April 27th, 1986. So, I had to meet him in 85 and 86 between Colorado, Edwards Air Force Base, and Chicago. But uh, I bet he's the one in Larry Air Force Base that came out to talk to me. He had a hat on in the car by himself. I thought he looked sort of German, but he does with that beard and stuff. I don't know what's going on with this. All I know is that I said, okay... But I didn't know what I was agreeing to. So that's figures. I always did that in the military. <laughs> sure, I'll volunteer. <laughs> so apparently uh, Mimi Curtis Heineck. Oh, that's – wait, 
Mimi Curtis Heineck. That was his wife's name, right? Right. Okay, so Iden Gillen plays him on Plyrotech Blue Book, and then who plays Mimi? Spouse to Jay Island, Horn Heineck, 42 to 86. So they were married quite a while before they got divorced, right? No, wait, she was married to him the whole time until he died. Right, Forty-two. Yeah. All right, well, you saw the Project Blue Book, but you weren't called in uh, for the, the movie, the guy that wrote the script. And I just saw something on him. A couple of guys wrote the script, sold it, and then got somebody to produce it. But now I can't find it. History. Project Blue Book cast. Yeah, but that 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 script is all fiction. Well, they did the. It's based on the truth. They actually did some. It's not based on much truth. It's based on well, a little they, truth. Well, the this the actors had to do their own research, and they had his son on there as far as the characters go. You know to. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it, it's it's basically. Woo-woo ufology. It's woo-woo ufology, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not, uh, I mean, you know. Well, unfortunately, Hollywood uh, will slant uh, which way it goes. So at least they know Uh, who the characters are. All these guys that make documentaries (laughs) and stuff, they're never satisfied with the truth. They want to uh, make it more exciting and uh, hype it up. Well, that's and for the story value. Yeah, of course, for the entertainment value. So the, the, you know, and the, the truth is more interesting than anything that these uh, characters could write. Well, if you had time, you could write a script and try to sell well, it. Well, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't have another lifetime. I got just this one. I don't either. Coming to an I end. Know. We're checking out. So, folks, if you don't get it now, <laughs> <laughs> we're on our way out. Well, <laughs> about your cancer and how you were going through all this stuff, I hate to do it to you, but for the sake of Project Blue Book, you were uh, a historian. Explain the difference to everybody that's been watching this Project Blue Book. Uh, you know, when did it come out? 2018 on the History Channel? Right, IMDb right. Stuff. Well, all the, right. the History Channel hasn't, you know, there. There used to be there used to be some really good uh, uh, some material on the History Channel, but it's deteriorated <laughs> over the years. Well, it's entertainment. It's it's not classified, really. It is history, but it is well, they're in the Billick, entertainment. They had Billick they talking about uh, talking about. Uh, T2 and TID and ATIC, and uh, I, we interviewed Billick, and that was an excellent, outstanding documentary that they made. Now they Military can't make a documentary history. to save their lives. <laughs> well, that's why we're doing our own stuff now. Right, so we're right. going to put you on YouTube uh, I mean, now. the one with uh, uh, Billick was like the unofficial historian of um, air technical intelligence uh, uh, command. And he, uh, uh, they did a, a, a documentary that he was in, and that was 
and he supplied the information. <coughs> and that was, we had interviewed him before that. And his, uh, his, the information in the documentary that History Channel did was really good. <coughs> well, now his son but they can't keep it up. They, 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 they just want to, they want to soup everything up now. Well, yeah, you gotta. It's yeah, that's got a lot to do with writing content and the scripts. It's got to have some action, and you know, you got to have the antagonist. I, 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 I liked the the script actually, but I do not understand, and I emph, I emphasize with all those that are strong historians that have sunk their lives into the real history. So they didn't have time to go do that. They What they did is uh, the guys that wrote the script, as far as I know, they looked at a few books, and the guy that played him, you know, saw some reels of him, and I don't know if they read the books or not, but it's up to each individual character to get as much, you know, history to play the actor. And uh, so what part, but you're saying that the actual historical script, I mean, there's a, there's a flavor of the story based on enough that my daughter, my sister called me and said, I think we owe you an apology because she works state law enforcement and, you know, and uh, her husband was on TV a lot, but he was a professional criminal forensics, uh, Jim Thomas, Jim, Jim Thomas with the state of Texas forensic. So they used him a lot, you know, in cases, still wanting him for cases. But they called me and said, I guess we owe you an apology because they heard me talking about J.L. and Heineck and flying here and flying there and UFOs, and they thought I was uh, crazy, you know, literally. <laughs> and uh, so all I can say is that helped me. Now, I know men in black stories and how you stop stuff and start stuff, brains and all that stuff, but, you know, that's spook stuff or privileged neuro stuff, you know, but you, you're more like uh, Edward Rupel. Now, so one of the guys did read that book, I think, or there wasn't much on him for them to get. He wasn't in any reels. You know, they go in Hollywood by what they can go get a quick, you know, look at. They don't necessarily want to read the books. You understand? Just like kids today. Yeah, yeah, I understand. It's not it's, when when they did the ABC uh, Peter Jennings UFO special. <laughs> those guys My started from knows. scratch, from absolute scratch. What about Walter? And they Cronkite? read everything they could, and they were talking to me and Swords and a number of other people, and. Uh, uh, the guy said he wanted he wanted everything I had on the CIA, so I, we talked that one day, and uh, oh, then a I'd couple like of days later he came now. back and he said, you know, you know what? Well, from our information, the CIA is not that involved in UFOs. Are you so, kidding me? Come on. Yeah, that's what Are he said. Not? He said, no, he said, yeah, I, I, I said, well, I sort of <laughs> agree with you. They're, they're, uh, they're not leading the, the thing here. It's the Air Force, which is well, what Brad's, every, that's what Brad Stark believes, too. 
When so, I was a kid, every division had their own files, and they're all wanting the money for the investigation. And some of it was in D.C., and some of it was uh, in in Colorado underground, and some uh, was in New, uh, Las Vegas. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I had to go to Dayton, Ohio. Some was over there. So it was spread all over, and that uh, at least five places that I know of. Not to mention part of the old UFOs, and I don't know where all they had the little grays, I guess. Uh, Anyways, I was talking to several of the people that were on that documentary. Oh, a documentary. Um, Now, that was... Yeah, yeah, uh, the, 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 the Peter Jennings documentary, so... But uh, we talked. Now, right? uh, we, uh, okay. we talked, and uh, you know. Okay, so he says the CIA seems to be like uh, that's not the place we should put the information here. Mm. So I said, well, if you don't, you know, I said I, I think the uh, the Minot case is probably the best case you could work with, but. It's very complicated. Uh, And I said, uh, you don't have to believe me on anything I've said. And he said, we don't. We don't believe you. But we checked everything you you said, and it all came out right. That's the reason we're still talking to you and uh, Michael Swords and and, uh, Barry Greenwood and and Tom Tween, that's the reason we're talking to you still, because everything you said has been, we've been able to check it out. And well, I said, they well that, even that's refreshing. Me. I said, that's refreshing yeah. because you're actually um, uh, checking out everything that I said, taking my word for it. And he said, we wouldn't be talking to you if we didn't. So... Uh, now, they decided is, when they Hollywood. when they when they talked to Tom Tolene about the uh, Minot case, they decided they were going to start from the beginning, go back and redo everything that we did, talking to the pilots and the radar officer and the ground people and uh, everybody. And so when they did that <clears throat> that special. Where 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 they did the Minot thing, it was actually, it was just as good as what we had investigated. It, there wasn't there wasn't anything to make it more exciting, or it was it was the the actual facts. They did it from Evidence. scratch. They took they took it all the way back. They didn't trust anything we said. They did it all themselves again. That's wow. real journalism. That is real journalism. Finding a fact. Just get the facts, ma'am. Okay, who, what, when, where, why, how, and how much, and how many sometimes. All right, so Peter Jennings. Now, let me ask you this. This Tom Tallene dude, spell his name you're working with, because I can't find him Googling him right now. So I'm doing something T-U-L-I-E-N. I've asked you that before. So look at, look at, look at. Sign Oral History Project. Oh. Google that. Uh, we, can, uh, we can get to that from your Project 1947. And 
put your link on our UAP associates. Oral tradition and book culture. All right. So that's a library, interactive. Man, you almost got it. You know, it's getting so bad that it's so much stuff out there, folks. It's so hard to dig and interactive oral composition resources. <laughs> you got to know what you're looking for to find it. You got to know the questions before you can, and then you got to know how to spell it. Tom Tallin could be T E L L I N or T E L L I N E. And you're talking about T U L E N, is that what you said? Yep. And I don't even see it come up. Is it my Google? I'm googling it. Time to lean sign oral history. Nothing. No, don't don't just use sign oral history project. Oh. Why they don't like time is this sign oral history project. All right, so all these bots and algorithms and just hashtags are used to be keywords. Let's see. Sign oral history project. By itself in Google. We're over. We went over. I didn't even notice. Hold on. I'm going to try to find it. We're going to have to do this again sometime soon. Uh, Well, just remember, folks, they do the best they can when they're writing television. At least it gets you looking, but it's not in-depth historical value. That's all we can say. It gives you the flavor of something going on, but it doesn't give you the real in-depth history that investigators do. And so our investigative reporters like Peter Jennings. So you were called in as an expert. He died at 67. Uh, I was was called in to – I don't think they considered me an expert. They just considered me somebody that could – they didn't pay me or anything. I just agreed to talk to them. As so did Michael Swords, and so did a couple other people. Spell and they Swords. told me they had talked to a number of people. I'm and they on said they couldn't. They just couldn't trust are. them. So that's why Fine they. Uh, yes, yeah, that's why they continued talking to me. Yeah. Uh, they they said they just didn't. Uh, there's a lot of You're woo to, to, uh, ufology, and they and there they is. settled there on the uh, <laughs> they settled on the Minot case because most of the witnesses were still alive, and they were able to interview these guys, and they had Ari, <laughs> they had Tom's interviews with the Minot witnesses, and they said the same thing. Now, is this uh, sign historical group obviously is being hidden pretty well, so I need to get it and put, punch it up a little bit in today's modern time. Uh, these people get buried, folks, and these, uh, so the sign historical group is buried pretty good. Tom, T-U-L-I-E-N, 2545. Pillsbury Avenue, South Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, now, it says he can be reached at uh, AOL and a 612 number. Jan Aldrich, she can be reached at Project in 860-546-9135. Do you still want this information out there? I don't care. 
That's right. That's right. You know, people people call me with hint with leads all the time. Well, but is this your phone number eight six zero five four six nine one three five? Yeah, that's my home phone. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, you're as bad as me. All right. Well then. Well, well, I don't care. I've used it. I've used it for for over forty years now, and you know, it's uh, people call me all the time. You know, and I get leads on that. So that's even though I get a, a lot of spam and stuff. Okay. I like well, to use that one because it's been available for so long. All right. Well, let me put yeah. it back out here again and catch you up on searching and optimization and keywords. So and yeah. All that. So you know, I I talked to this one guy was uh now he, when he went into the Air Force he was an officer and he uh, he was uh, he was an adjutant. So. Uh, when I talked to him, I told him, well, I'm enlisted. And I said, and I was an assistant adjutant in a uh, in a unit commanded by a full colonel. And I said, uh, now that's pretty uh, strange and weird. And he said, yes, it is. There's not very many enlisted people that are ever appointed as adjutant. That's That's kind of dangerous. And I wow. said, uh, well, I said I, I had the I had the trust, and so since he was an adjutant, he knew what I had done too. He said, you know, uh, he gave me his UFO. He was looking to talk to somebody about UFOs, and he gave me his UFO sighting because of that. Well, I've got because you of now. That strange, that strange thing that you got an enlisted man that's a. Um, uh, has the adjutant's title. <laughs> well, I got you now, Jen. You've got I got you covered. I've lost my Jan's others and MUFON, but I still got Jan Aldrich. Folks, Kufos signed Project nineteen forty seven and he even helped us in ACO, Alien Contact Organization, our radios and we've got a few e book oil books uh, at least history of him on here. And I hope you've appreciated what he's done because we're getting to the end of our twilight years here on the planet. So I'm hoping he and I will be around another till we're 135. But, uh, you know, we're working together. We're about the same age, give or take. He won't tell me how old he is. <laughs> Don't we have a I have a, a – I have your press kit somewhere, but let's update your press kit. For, for you uh, on TJ Mars Agency, folks, if you need to have uh, some <laughs> stuff done with us, UAP Associates, E-Force Agency, OSI, Open Source Intelligent, we're pushing for helping all people, but Dan Aldrich and Barry Greenwood right now, and helping get them some volunteers in New Mexico. So hopefully I'm going to get Ken, Ralph Kennedy Johnston, and Norio Hayakawa and any of you old guys out there that want to help our veteran volunteers. So we're going to set up a Navy veteran volunteer, not Navy. We're doing joint. Uh, we're, we're doing more than joint. And, and Bob Dean and all of us working European theater, Allied Command, intergalactic relations. And we're, <laughs> we're going to take on the whole world. And Jan Aldrich is our fearless leader 
ufologist historian. So, Jan, you've been most giving of your time on planet Earth. You're a good man. You're a good 50-year man. Me too, government folks. And uh, we've done GS, enlisted, officer, historian, you name it. Just we don't call us late for dinner. Well, I'm yeah, hungry, that's right. Man. Don't, call, don't, don't get between <laughs> between uh, me and food. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm the same way, folks. That's the one thing we learned. Uh, we were military. We can we can put away a meal in less than five minutes. All right. Thank you, all you military out there, proudly serving. We're looking for all our volunteers that have served in service. We don't care. You know, you took an oath of office, we'd like to have you, and we've got things to do. If you got some time to fill, give me a call or Jan a call, and we'll be right here at your UAP.associates and TJ CT Radio. Well, that about does it for this week, and I don't know uh, if you want to do uh, – you think you'll be alive next month? Will you want to do one a week or come back the first week of May, or what do you want to do? Yeah, well, other, uh, just uh-huh. let me know when uh, I, I could probably do anything. Awesome. All right. Well, we got that Ace Folk Life, too, for all kind of other historical value. But he does a pretty good job of keeping us on informed folks of the various organizations that uh, do his favorite topic as a ufologist. Thank you, Jan. You've been wonderful. I've got you here. And I'm going to try to get you on another show that I'm on uh, for the Cosmos. And uh, we're we're doing whatever we can to do some YouTube. So, I hope you're not shy, so we'll put your face out there, too, pretty soon, okay? I just got to get myself organized to do everything I need to do for everybody. Well, folks, we are volunteers, believe it or not, in what we do. So uh, we'll try to be back here uh, maybe next week. We'll see if he's available. Four to six, Jan, or five to seven, your time, if you're available, if you're not scanning. We'll uh, try to get you some more data out here. You can think of some more yeah. stuff that's oral, folks. Uh, we'll do our best to keep you entertained right here on Blog Talk Radio, TJ Mars, ET Radio, UAP Associates. Now i got to go punch the buttons if I can find them. All right, I'm going to end the call. So uh, we'll have it right here and on ACR Radio. It will be syndicated by Spreaker on iHeart, Spotify, Amazon, you name it. Well, I pay for it. All right. Love and light. Thank you very much, Jan. See you maybe next week if you're available. Okay. Thank Bye you. Now.